Welcome to GovIT, a monthly podcast series from DLT, where we discuss the next generation of public sector IT solutions with the technology innovators driving the change. I'm your host, Tom Temin. Each month, we explore a different technology, what it is, and how it can help public sector organizations achieve their modernization goals and accomplish their missions. This week, we're sitting down with DLT's chief cybersecurity technologist, Don McLean. Don's responsible for formulating and executing DLT's cybersecurity portfolio strategy, and he anticipates how things like the Cybersecurity Maturity Model Certification, or CMMC, program will affect how the government procures its technology. And Don, what are the essential elements of the CMMC now that the defense industrial base and everyone else needs to know about? Well, the key element, I would say, is that it's for real. The people behind this effort are not delaying anything in their schedule. They're sticking to their stated timeline, even with the advent of the pandemic. And they are stone cold serious about holding companies' feet to the fire with regard to cybersecurity, which I think is a good thing. So I would urge companies out there to to listen and pay attention. There is a reasonable timeline. They're not going to do it in a hurry and leave anyone in the lurch. But I would say that's the, the main element. The second element is that although it involves government regulation, the people involved behind this are very determined, very much determined to make it affordable and feasible for even small companies. Many people don't realize that most DOD contracts are fairly small, well under a million dollars, and go to small to mid-sized businesses. The big contracts like the aircraft carriers or the very expensive fighter jets that make the news, so you tend to think that, that defense contractors are people or are companies that build those sorts of things for large amounts of money. But the reality is most contracts are much smaller than that. And if they were to create a set of regulations that was too expensive or too cumbersome to implement, they'd be shooting themselves in the foot and they would eliminate too many companies from the their um, that supply essential services to DOD. So it's for real. They're not messing around. They're stone cold serious about cybersecurity in companies that provide products and services to the DOD. At the same time, they're very sensitive to cost and schedule and uh, difficulties in implementing it. So they are striking or at least attempting to strike a a reasonable balance between uh, stringency and uh, feasibility. So I would say those are the two main elements. And then the third important element is that unlike previous regimes, specifically 800-171, to get really wonky about this, this is not a self-attestation effort this must be done by a third party. So not only must it be done by a third party, which means you'll have to hire somebody or a company to do it, they also are not going to allow what are called in the industry POEMs, plans of actions and milestones, which are basically get out of jail free card. We found a problem with your security, but if you promise to do it later, we'll let you off the hook. They're not going to do that. They're going to insist that you get it done. I used to jokingly refer to POEMs as not as plan of action and milestone, but procrastination of any matter, because all too often they turned out to be just ways of of putting something off indefinitely. So I think those are the key elements that I would emphasize in regard to CMMC and its current implementation. And you've watched cybersecurity for quite a long time now, and you've just laid out a couple of differences between this and other cybersecurity programs, such as the fact that there is no self-attestation, you've got to get that certification, third party. What else is different about CMMC compared to the other cyber programs that affect federal contractors? Well, for many years, I oversaw assessment efforts similar to the CMMC assessments that will be taking place soon under what what are called C3PAOs, 
Shockingly, DOD came up with an acronym for these things. I know, when does that ever happen, right? C3PO means Certified Third-Party Assessment Organization. Basically, it's the company that has to do your assessment. I used to do assessments similar to what these companies will be doing. And when I did them, they were limited in scope to a specific system. In other words, I didn't do a security assessment of Department of Labor. I would do a security assessment of a specific system for a specific purpose within Department of Labor. And every agency has any number of systems. This will be different. Although they'll be assessing systems, the certification really goes to the company. That said, it's possible to limit the scope of the assessment. Remember, they want to be make it feasible if all of the data that's required to be uh, protected can be kept in a limited number of systems and in a clearly defined uh, perimeter or boundary, then the, the company that's under assessment won't need to have everything in scope. A small company like mine, we're 300 people, although we were recently acquired by Tech Data, which is much larger, but a small company like DLT probably would have everything in scope and that's not terribly burdensome. But if you're Tech Data, our parent company, they have 15,000 employees with offices all over the world and all over the country, putting everything in scope for this assessment would not only not make sense, but it would also be infeasible. But if they can keep everything on a limited number of systems, they can narrow the scope, make the assessment happen more quickly and for lower expense. So as you've said, this is reality. What should companies do now to prepare for eventual CMMC certification? Well, the CMMC Accreditation Board, or the AB as they call it, yet another acronym, and by the way, we've been using the term CMMC. We haven't really specified what it means. It's Cybersecurity Maturity Model Certification. They have put together a series of training efforts, some of which are available now, some of which are under development, for various levels of expertise that will be certified under the program. Right now, I have completed the training for the first level, which is called Registered Practitioner. Although I haven't gone through my clearance yet, I used to have a top secret with counterintelligence, so I'm pretty confident that I'll go through my clearance without a problem. And I don't think anyone else has either. But the registered practitioners are people that are authorized to do consulting for CMMC pre-assessments. So to prepare, I would, first of all, be aware that you probably want to stick with people that have expertise in the area, which officially is the registered practitioner certification. And I'm not trying to sell my services, by the way. I have no intention of doing these brief assessments, except maybe internally for my own company. I'm just mentioning the, the program in context. And to prepare, I would, number one, look at the registered practitioner list when it becomes available. Number two, the new rule that has come out that they're going to put in the, the DFARS is Defense Federal Acquisition Regulation Supplement. DFARS. DFARS. That includes cost estimates. Now, they're, you know, they're estimates, of course, but it gives you an idea of how much uh, these uh, assessments are going to cost based on the, the level that you're going to get. There are five levels of assessment in the CMMC program. Most companies will only need a level one. And for a small company, the DFARS rule indicates that it shouldn't cost more than about $3,000. So it's not an overwhelming expense. Now, of course, it depends on a lot of factors and a lot of variables, but that gives you at least an order of magnitude. So I would look at those numbers as well. The expense really, though, is not likely to be the assessment itself, but whatever remediation efforts you might need to undertake. If you find that you're not meeting a standard that's before you undergo your official assessment, if a consultant finds that you're not meeting a standard, you might need to buy software, you might need to buy hardware, you might need to change practices as well. 
So the expense may be involved not in the assessment, but in making sure that you will meet the criteria when the assessment begins. The other element is that the way the assessments are structured, a lot of it involves looking at policies. If someone comes in and starts to assess you and finds that you don't have a policy, you can't write the policy up overnight and hand it to them and say, here, here's the policy. You have to be able to demonstrate that you've been following that policy for at least some time. Informally, most people are guesstimating that you're going to have to show that you are abiding by a practice for about 90 days and have had a policy in place that's not only in place, but effective. I mean, just because you've got a policy sitting there doesn't mean people are doing it. So you A, have to have the policy and B, have to show that you've been doing it for a while. So that's a reason to plan ahead uh, is to give yourself time to budget for and implement the technical measures that may not be in place and also to uh, create any policies that may be deficient and address any uh, deficiencies in terms of whether people are actually following uh, those policies. And getting back to the costs for just a second, it seems like there's almost a possible intersection between CMMC and Section 889 requirements, which bar Chinese telecommunications equipment. So to get secure, you might have to change out that gear kind of simultaneously with CMMC. That would make sense to me. The CMMC, although it arose from concern about the supply chain, is more about the data than the supply chain itself. Just to give you an example, let's say you sell hot dogs in the Pentagon. You have to protect your data that shows to whom you sold those hot dogs, how much they cost, and when they were delivered, and how many were delivered. But you don't have to show that the hot dogs weren't poisoned. <laughs> you know, I mean, that's an extreme example, but that, that's just, uh, it's just to illustrate what, what we're really protecting. Now, that might seem silly, but first of all, it's an important first step to protect the transaction data, which is known as FCI or federal contract information. And at higher levels of assessment, you also have to protect what's called CUI, controlled unclassified information. But the example, for instance, that we were given in training is, and to get back to the food service thing, let's suppose a military base suddenly places an order for very fancy food in a large quantity. That might not sound like anything, but that would be a strong indication to a bad actor that some sort of event is taking place that would involve high-level people that are given fancy food. That might lead them to try to figure out who's coming, when they're going to be there, and that could be an exposure to some sort of bad event or terrorist event. So even the most innocuous types of information can be leveraged or aggregated with other more uh, intelligence by our adversaries to do bad things. The CMMC timeline goes out to 2026 before there's universal application of this. Do you recommend companies nevertheless get started now, or can they wait a while? Well... It won't be complete until 2026, but it will be taking place very quickly. More and more contract vehicles will be requiring CMMC as time goes by, and it's being phased in until eventually all contracts will, will require uh, CMMC certification. But you don't want to find yourself in a position where there's a contract that's in your company's sweet spot for sales or, or technology and find, oh, I'm not, I'm not certified or our company isn't certified. Now, the way the program works is you can bid on RFPs or contracts if you are not certified, but you won't be awarded if you're not certified, which really is kind of impractical, I think, in most cases, because if you have to get certified, you better hope everything passes muster 
in the period between you, your bid and, and your award. Because if you don't, if it's not, you're not going to get the award, even if you're the best technology in the world at the best price. So yeah, I would say that that's, that's a reason because you don't know more and more contracts. It's going to pick up steam steadily over the next five years. So you want to make sure that you, you have that business. Our company has a large chunk of our business is DOD business. We cannot afford to lose out because we're not certified yet. And I think many other companies are in the, are in the same boat. And you mentioned that the CMMC will be included as part of the DFARS. Anything people need to know about that further? I think that the primary lesson from that is that it's not just notional, this program. It's not just something that people are trying to do or think is a good idea. Once it's in the DFARS, it's going to become a rule. That's official. Then it's, you know, then it's signed, sealed, delivered, and official. You're going to have to do it at some point. I think that's the main lesson from its inclusion in the DFARS is that it's, it's you know, that's, that's going to be a rule. And speaking of which, there is also a, another reason to pursue CMMC, uh, just to backtrack a little bit. Many security officials in the government in the civilian sector are talking about adopting this CMMC requirement for civilian contracts as well. So at the moment, this is oriented around DOD contracts in the defense industrial base or the DIB as it's called, or even the DSC, the defense supply chain. But there is a lot of very serious talk about from the civilian sector about including CMMC requirements in those contracts as well. So yet another reason to sit up and take notice of this program for your, for your business. And as a matter of fact, part of our business at DLT involves what we call the SLED market, state, local, and educational market, basically local, local governments. We've already had a couple of inquiries asking, not requiring CMMC, but asking the companies that bid to provide their CMMC status. And that's before the program's even implemented. That's before there's even any companies that can do the authorizations. <laughs> and it's from state and local, which isn't even DOD. So there you have it. You know, I think this thing's going to pick up steam pretty quick. Don McLean is DLT's chief cybersecurity technologist on CMMC. Thanks so much. You're welcome. And it was a pleasure to be here. Thank you, Tom. For more on how DLT is helping organizations prepare for CMMC, visit DLT.com. You've been listening to GovIT from DLT. We'll be back next month with more. I'm Tom Temin.